Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. As you've heard, I've been introed. I've been put on the spot. I am a deliverer of greatness. I am a marketing and branding expert. I am just the host of Money Making Conversation. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and committed effort. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, small business ownership, uh, leadership, overcoming the odd, and how to live a balanced life. With that being said, said my next guest has experience in pharmaceuticals, retail, and natural foods. She has the insight and expertise to bring the innovative concept of plant-based female care system to the marketplace. Unlike mass market and conventional female care brands, consumers will be able to get all of their female care needs met under one brand known as the Honey Pot Company. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the co-founder of and CEO of the Honey Pot Company, Beatrice Dixon. Hello. How are you? How you doing, Ms. Dixon? And where are you from? I'm well, thank you. I live in Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Born and raised or yeah. you came from someplace else? No, I was I was born in Virginia. I was raised in Phoenix. I moved to Atlanta like sixteen years ago and now I live between Atlanta and New York. Atlanta and New York. The honey pot. Yeah. Such a great thing. Yeah. Now um Thank you. What what where, where where can we get these uh the the brand I'm sure we can get it online. Is it available in stores? Yes, you can get it on thehoneypot.co. You can get it on Amazon. You can buy our products in stores at Target, Whole Foods, um, Walmart, mm-hmm. CVS, Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're pretty much you can go to our website and put in our store locator. Go to our store locator, put in your zip code, and figure out where we're sold oh. in your area. Good. Now, so when, when they ask you to star in your own commercial... <laughs> now there we go. She's, she's, she's trying to be tough in the beginning. She's trying to be tough. You know, she was just giving that little short answer at the very beginning. But now I'm seeing you on TV walking around, articulating, walking around products and everything. So how did that come about? You know, to start in your own, to be able to sell your own brand, to be recognized as an entrepreneur, a leader in the industry. Talk about that experience. Well, with, with the commercial. I believe that Target had interviewed multiple brands. Um, they were looking to do something around um, Black History Month, also looking for something that kind of rolled into Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. And so they, they interviewed multiple um, Black-owned, women-owned brands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were really fortunate to be the one that they chose to kind of be the, um, you know, the, the lead commercial for Target between February and March. 
Okay. So we, we were really fortunate for that. Now, so, so what <laughs> so personality? What personality did you show, Miss Beatrice Dixon? What, what did they show when they when they talked to you? Were you were you energized? Were you informative? Was it your clothes? Was it your style? What made them say you're the one? I think um, <laughs> you know. I think you know. It's hard. It's hard to say. Um, it's because you look great, by the way. You look great. Let me just go and compliment you. you. You look great. Thank Every time you, that commercial you. comes on, it catches my eye. I love the fact that you're moving through a store. It's, it feels like a journey. And when you reach to yeah. your product, I go, I'm there. And I want to know. And I'm a man. I'm going like, what is she Yeah, doing? yeah, yeah. You no, know, I totally get it. You know, and it's so, I, so. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, and this is just something that I hear quite a bit. I don't necessarily take it on. But I think um, one of the reasons that they chose us is because of the authenticity of our brand. Yes, ma'am. Um, you know, I'm a pretty authentic person. I don't really, you know, I, don't, I, I, I always say what I want to say and, and I always um, relay how I feel. I don't, I don't really alter myself based on the conversations that I'm having. You know, I'm pretty consistent, you know, if I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to a buyer at Target, if I'm talking to my mom. Right. If I'm talking to anybody, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be who I am. Right. Um, and that kind of shines through with the brand as well. Okay. Miss Authentic. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, how has this affected you uh, walking in, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant, you know, eating your hamburger, you know, and people recognizing you and doing selfies with you. How has that, how's that affected your life? It hasn't been, you know, a ton of that. I, you know, I've been doing a bit, you know, I do a, I do a lot of speaking engagement, mm-hmm. so it, it kind of happens there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not just sitting at a restaurant and somebody comes up and like, hey, you know, it's it's not really like that it's, at it's, all. It's you know, only I started, Miss Dixon. You you look fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. You know, the, <laughs> like, like I said, I, you, know, you know, I always tell a great campaign when you're not looking for it. That's a great campaign. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, yeah, you know, I've done that. enough concerts, enough television shows, and I've bought enough commercial spots where you when you have to sit at a radio station or look at a television, they have to tell you the time it's gonna run for you to see your commercial spot to verify that it's yeah. running and being successful. That's not a great campaign. But if I'm just sitting at yeah. and I and I and I, I go from channel I'm in Atlanta, so I go from ABC, I go to Fox, I go to Sports yeah. Center, and I, so I'm all over the place. And for me to sit up and right. say, I've seen your commercial, your Target commercial, on a regular that I that I go, oh, I'm about to interview her. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's dope. That is really hot. That is really a yeah. testament that they believe in your brand. They believe in your product uh, being yeah. successful, and that's really really great. But there's also a certain degree of responsibility that you got to have Absolutely. as far as packaging, as far as having your product available. Absolutely. If it sells off the, if it, you know, if it moves off the shelf ahead of schedule yeah. and things like that. Let's talk about that journey because in your intro, I talked about has experience in pharmaceuticals, retail, and natural foods. Mm-hmm. How do you go from yeah. those three credits, which I pulled from your bio, to running and founding a company called the Honey Pot Company? Well, I, I, that, you know. Take a deep breath. Then, take a deep breath because you went, well, uh. <laughs> no, no. No, I mean, I, you know, this is how I talk, right? Uh-huh. Um, okay. You know, but, but I, so back in, so I started my career in pharmacy literally right out of high school. Um, I, you know, I got out of high school. I worked at Cigna. That was like my first, you know, real job. And I, I left from there and I kind of continued my journey 
into the pharmaceutical world. So I went from working at a hospital, you know, I, went, I worked in retail, I worked in hospitals, I worked in oncology labs. So I kind of did all kinds of things when you think about pharmacies. I thought I wanted to go to school to be a doctor, but then I, I realized that that really wasn't a passion of mine, and I can't, I'm not the human that can do things that I don't believe in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so I then decided, let you know, let me just take a break and figure out what I want to do because I had started my pre-med, but then I, like I said, I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I left, I left from, I left from, from doing pharmacy and around that same time, like 2011, 2012 is when I had the issues that I was having where I couldn't get rid of an infection that I had. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had the dream mm-hmm. with my ancestor. Mm-hmm. And that's when I made the product that she told me to make basically. And I, you know, I made it and it worked for me. Mm. So ar- around this transition time, I was, I was transitioning out of coming out of working in pharmacy to going to work at Whole Foods and what would be their pharmacy in their whole body department. Mm-hmm. Right. But instead of like, drugs, it's, it's herbs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for three years, but I was still doing honeypot while I was doing that. Right. Um, you know, and then I left from there, kind of made a natural trans- transition and I went to be a food broker. So as a food broker, I went from you being my customer that shopped at Whole Foods to Whole Foods being my customer. And then from there, I went to be an area sales manager at a kale chip company. So the whole while between Whole Foods, being a broker, right. working at a kale, you know, working at a startup, basically, I was doing honeypot that whole time. So it was basically like I had two jobs, you know. Right. Um, and and at, and at one time within that, I had a cleaning business and an organizing business while I was working at Whole Foods. So things were really crazy. So yeah, yeah, the honey pot, yeah, the yeah, the honey pot, yeah, the whole food, you had the cleaning business. Yeah, yeah, because I had you know, honey pot wasn't making money to be able to to support me, uh-huh. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that we had to hire somebody because I had to work because right. you know, right. So we had hired we had Antoinette. You know, we had we had a couple people that had kind of just kind of worked for us doing like odd jobs and things like that. But Antoinette was like our real official, um, you know, full time employee. Right. And <laughs> Poor she Antoinette. Poor Antoinette. Person. Everything was on Antoinette. Huh? She was just out there just working. It was. It was, <laughs> it was crazy. We were. I mean, I would make bottles on the weekend because then I was making the wash. Right. I would make wash on the weekend and on the nights that I was home. I had, I, when I, when I went to be a broker and a sales manager, I was traveling three to four weeks out of the month. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. It was, it was crazy. So she was making bottles, packing them, shipping them, bottles. I mean, it was crazy. Right. It was a crazy time. Well, yeah. you know, that, you know, I, I always remember like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the level of success I, I'm reaching now, you know, is, I can't do the things I used to do, but sometimes it, when you look back, you know, when I was, I used to do stand-up comedy. I was on the comedy club. I used to write t- sitcoms. I, I look back at that mm-hmm. period. It's really so much fun because because you were just doing it. You know, just doing it. Yeah. There, were, there were no guarantees. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? yeah, that was the fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, you were just working hard, yeah. and, and and sometimes I wish I just would have like uh, 
capture some of Enjoy those moments them. more because I slowed mm-hmm. down and appreciated that I was doing something special. Because I live the results yeah. now. You're, you're living the results now. But you were just grinding. You were just grinding and, you know... Uh, you wanted to go to sleep, but you couldn't go to sleep. You know, you wanted to sit down and, and just rest. You wanted to stop sometimes, but something inside you told you you couldn't stop. Just keep pushing, exactly. keep pushing. And when people well, people were having a vacation and you couldn't vacation, you know, you, you every, every, every yeah. dollar, you couldn't buy shoes when you wanted to buy shoes, couldn't buy exactly. outfits when you buy outfits. You, you, know, you shopped on yeah. coupons. It really just te- is a testimony to the, the process that, you know the the results are beautiful, but the journey is hard now. It's hard, but boy, when you look back, you just laugh. You just laugh. Yeah, I mean, and 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 truth be told, you know, the journey is still happening. You right. know, we mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. every most of the most of the money that our business makes goes right back into the business. So right. it's not mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know I'm sitting here with millions of dollars in my personal bank account. You right. know, it's mm-hmm. not. It hasn't gotten it hasn't gotten to that place yet. Right. You know, it's still a grind. It's right. still it's still a lot of hard work and high level thinking. It's just that it's not necessarily me whipping it up in the kitchen now, right? Like now, <laughs> my grind is I have to constantly be in front of investors. I'm doing speaking engagements. You know, have to have you know I'm constantly having weekly meetings with my with different parts of the team. Right. You know, I'm I I work with our with our um, our CSO uh, Kelly to go to w- w- you know when we go to present to retailers like right. you know I'm managing you know wor- working with my brother as he you know and a, he's my co-founder mm-hmm. um, you know while while he's building out charts and and you know I mean it's 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 insane so it's still it's still crazy busy it's still uh, it's still labor you know but mm-hmm. it's it's not as um, it's it's not it's not the grind. It's it's just a different type of grind. A now. different type of grind. Well, you, know? you, don't, you don't have a Whole Foods or a cleaning business that in part is part of the grind anymore. No, it's no, just it's, it's just it's a honey pot grind. Yeah, <laughs> honey pot company and, and, grind. And quite and quite honestly, um, you know, once you start bringing in capital and, and and those types of things, that's a part of your operating agreement. You know, your shareholders, the people that invest in your business. That's like it's it's in a contract that I can't do anything else other than honeypot. Wow. You know? Wow. Well I'm talking to um this the co-founder and CEO of the Honeypot Company. Uh, she started in her pharmaceuticals, retail, and natural foods, and she was multi-working and multitasking, and she was grinding like all people <laughs> start. They start out grinding. Yeah. And you know, she noted, Rashawn, look at here. There's not a million dollars in my bank yet. There will be. The goal is to get to a million. I'm gonna tell you something. When it gets to a million, you're gonna want more millions. It just I'm just gonna let you know, Miss Dixon, it just does not stop. That's why Amazon keeps buying things, that's why Google keeps buying things, that's why Microsoft keeps buying things. You just do not stop because you start figuring out words to diversify your brand and growing your brand. Honey Pot is a plant powered uh Feminine care company for today's savvy female consumer. When I say that, that's a line I took from your bio. What does it mean when you say savvy female consumer? My, you know, in my opinion, a savvy female consumer is one that really understands what she wants. She understands how she wants to swim. And I don't even want to say she, um, because not every human that buys our product is, a, is necessarily a woman or identifies as being a woman. Right. But the humans that buy the humans that buy our product 
you know, I call them savvy because they know what they want. They're willing to invest in what they want, you know, and basically to go the extra mile to, to um, make sure that they're taking care of themselves. Right. And when you say taking care of themselves, let's, uh, let's break down a little bit more. The Honeypot Company is a one-stop shop for all things healthy and natural when it comes to a, a female's or uh, a person's personal Feminine area. Care personal yeah. area. And so yeah. that includes uh, uh, healthy washes, natural wipes, uh, herb-infused pads, and organic uh, cotton tampons with bioplastic applicants. Applicators. Now, yes. Now, I mean, I, I, let me just back up a little bit. I was I was eating dinner with a guy a couple of days, a couple of years ago, and he was talking. He was talking about there was this, you know, the natural uh, care product that women were just really up in arms that you know these their chemicals that are making women sick and also maybe even causing women to die from that. And so that this mm-hmm. natural wave was the way to go. That women was just lining up and almost like protesting. That, you know, it's almost that hear me roar type attitude about get it to me right, get it to me correctly so I can wake up and feel that I'm living a healthy life. Like you was talking about earlier, the, uh, the whole process of you coming to this was uh, was an infection you couldn't get rid of, correct? Exactly. Yes. Now, when you when you talk about that, what 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 is the, the other than that, the motivation of being able to sit down with your brother, who's the co-founder, and being able to do mm-hmm. this part time? part-time what was the breakthrough point in this whole process you realized you know some we can make a commitment to this we can win with this product it was once we got into target you know it, it needed to be able to support look i'm not the person that believes in starting a business and just quitting your job i don't believe in that i, be, I believe that you keep your job so that you don't put yourself in a place of being desperate and you you keep you keep your you keep your hustle going until until the business gets to a place where it can support you financially and pay right. you either what you're making on your job or more. Right. And so. So you're not a person that just jump out there, just just go out there on a leap of faith. You're not that person. Nah, no, <laughs> I, I don't think that that's that that's an intelligent uh-huh. thing to do. Right. Right. You no. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's hard to make. It's hard to be. It's already hard to have a startup that comes from nothing. It's double hard to have a startup that comes from nothing, and you're relying on that startup to basically take care of you, to take care of an employee, and all those types of things. Um, I, you know, it, it's already so much stress. So I, so I didn't take that route. Um, you know, Honeypot was well, well off the ground. You know, while I was doing all these other things, right? You know, but. Um, you know, but once we, once we got into Target, I got to a point where I was like living this double life. I was working like 80 to 90 hours a week. I was traveling pretty like every single week for work. And then I would have to, you know, I was also, we were raising money at the time. I mean, it was, it was like one of the most stressful times in my life. And so we raised, we raised, we raised $3 million in 2018, um, with the new voices fund that really kind of took things off the ground because I had already started full time a few months before, right? but that really gave us the, 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 um, the ability to hire other, to hire the other employees that we needed to hire, to be able to invest in marketing, to be able to invest in more inventory. You know, so many things happened once we got that investment. 
So, you know, it, it was a combination of living a double life, working ridiculous hours and not being able to execute at my best. And then the access to capital that, you know, helped us to really to 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 get to stand on our own two feet so that we can see things through to the next level. Let me ask you this. Do you consider yourself a spokesperson for for or for women of a uh, when they're talking about their, because women, you know, fight for their rights. For in this case, fighting for their health, yeah. for fighting for their health, and because it's a yeah. business, but it's also something that affected you personally. And because of that personal challenge, you know, you went in your kitchen, you started mixing up stuff, and you got it right. And 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 then then you was able to go out there and, and convince individuals, strangers who look at look, they look mm-hmm. at opportunities. So you got to have a business plan that has credibility, also has a, mm-hmm. three million dollars. That's nothing to. To sneeze at, you know, you go. You know, there's a lot of people going. Okay, you know, we should we watch Shark Tank on TV. You know, they go in there with these little right. presentations, and they have a, you know, they they chop it down to maybe five minutes, and they go yes or no, or we take twenty percent of your company, or we, you give us a million dollars, or I give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you give me fifty percent of your company, or whatever. Is that a high mm-hmm. worked for you? It used to be a lot harder. You know, it's not hard for me to. You know, I could look, I could look you in the face and be like, "Hey, I need ten million dollars." You know, <laughs> but at one point, honestly, like, come I, on, Miss Dixon, Miss Dixon. So you, you, you're a shark now, huh? You just, you just used to worry about asking for that kind of money, huh? It's not that I'm a shark. I just have experience in doing mm. it. You right. know, I've, I've been, I've been doing, I've been pitching investors now for. Uh, almost four years, right? Right. With, you know, with, with my brother, and it, and it's like anything else. If you do something and you do it consistently, you mm-hmm. get experience in it. You know, being being in the startup world, startup life is like getting getting a master's degree, you know, or getting a PhD. You're just doing it in real life, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so at in the beginning, absolutely, it was hard because you know you. You had never, you've never seen money like that before. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now, you know, everything that we make, we put into our business, you know, we actually, we're not, we're not, we're not necessarily, when you look at the books, we're not necessarily making money just because everything goes back in. Right. 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 But, 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 but we do have a multi-million dollar business. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so it, so it, it it requires a lot, and when when you when you have fourteen people working for you, right. right, and and your product is selling on, you know, over within the next few months, it'll be around ten or eleven thousand doors. Yeah, right yeah, now, so let's like mention seven. them: your Target, Walmart, Urban yeah, Outfitters, Target, Walmart, Walgreens, Walgreens, Bed Bath you know, and Beyond, Wegmans, yeah. Whole Foods, and other retail. I mean, these are these are top of the line. You know, just to see you, you know, that, you know, this is, you know, that's my, that's my point though. Right. So you, you have to get comfortable with asking somebody for that type of money mm-hmm. because that's what, that's the type of money that it takes to run your business. Right. You know, right. Because, you know, you can't, you know, you can't run out at Target, you know, you know, no, nah, you, you can't, you can't run out at Target. You can't, can't run out at Walmart. You can't run out of money at pay, you know, for your, um, you can't you can't run out of you got to you got to have money to pay your employees. Pay the you rent. know, payroll has to happen mm-hmm. every two weeks. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Marketing has to happen. You know, 
You know, it's really, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's so funny when I, when I, you know, because I, I can tell you're a straight shooter, you know, and then, and then you, you, you're a person that could, you know, like you said, I can ask you for $10 million, Rashawn, with ease yes. now. And that's really a gift, you know, because of the fact that, you know, you, you have your brother who's the co-founder, but you're out there doing all that talking. Of course, it's a female-based product. You should be doing the talking. And I have six sisters, so yeah. I'm comfortable talking in this conversation, you know. You grew up with six mm-hmm. sisters, four of them older you. You've heard this conversation over and over and over again in, in your lifetime. And so, but I also yeah. know that it was important to them, uh, and it was always a conversation that was important to them. So I know when you talk talking about female savvy, it's almost like it's about time. What took us yeah, so long? Yeah. We've been a, you've been living a life of being just giving you walking there just because it's on on the shelf doesn't mean it's good for you. That is the that exactly. is that is such a, a sad state of affairs that you go in there, you think this product is on the shelf, that they put it on the shelf, they selling it to you. Nah, nah, that doesn't mean it's good for you. And that's really the the, the why the Honey Pie Company was created, and really is the foundation that we we care about you as a customer. But also, not only from the fact that you're buying our products, but you can live a much more healthier and safe life with our product. Correct? Exactly. But that's the responsibility piece you were talking about, right? Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, when you... I believe that anything that you do in your life, you should do it well. And 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 you should hold yourself responsible for anything that your hand touches, right? Mm hmm So... All the way to the basic level, mm-hmm. at how you live, your house should be clean, how you drive, your car should be clean, mm-hmm. right? How you think things should be organized, things should have a place. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a business, if it's a service, that you should offer the best possible service that you absolutely can. Right. And if you can't, if you're not a person that, 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 know, that can execute in that way, I'm I'm of the belief that you shouldn't touch it unless you can, right? Right. Because you know what we make we make product anything that somebody puts on any part of their body, their arm, their leg, a human with a vagina on their vagina, anything, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's going inside your body because mm-hmm. your body your your skin is an organ, right? So it's a huge responsibility mm-hmm. to make clean products because. You know, we make products for vagina, so we can't, we can't, if we're going to be responsible and, and if we, if we're going to love our customers and adore them and appreciate them the way and that we them. do, mm-hmm. the least we could do is make a beautiful product. Well, I have a 22 you know? year old daughter. I'm excited about uh, what you're saying. I'm, I'm comfortable about uh, this interview because I'm, you know, She's my, she's my future. She's my baby, (laughs) you know? And so when I, when I, when I, when I do an interview like this, it's it's personal reasons because I want to get your product out there and then people will be aware of this type of product that I feel is, uh, you know, like I said, you know, you can get sold on the fact that uh, they got the most money. They got the most history. It doesn't mean they Mm -hmm. they care about you. And, uh, and um, when this interview opportunity came up for me, it wasn't a, a, conversation they said who that's the lady on talking that's the talking lady commercial <laughs> got her I'm, i want to see her yeah that's, that's my girl right there i want to see yeah. her because Thanks. of the fact that you know first of all women of color we know there's a, a huge disparity when it comes out there when you talk about raising capital and you know you're Absolutely. walking in the room and what what why you know when you talk about raising capital because you know you have so many lanes you have the you have the male identity you have the white male identity black male identity you have the 
the white mm-hmm. female identity, then you have the black female identity. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you have fallen behind your number four, if I'm just saying. I know it's the white male is probably yeah. going to be the, 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 the white female, and then it's going to be the black male, and it's going to be the black female. Talking about mm-hmm. it. Because when you look at television, look at history, you know, the, the black female has always been played off as the as the as the lesser role, the stay at home role, the the the, the, the right. childbearing role, and now you're you're sitting in front of people talking about, hey, let me let me take your millions of dollars and I turn into it into multi millions of dollars. Talk about that mm-hmm. experience, okay? <clears throat> yeah, that that has been a really great experience. <laughs> you know, we we've been really fortunate, and I I think one of the main reasons we've been fortunate is because we have a good product. And we have a good customer base that supports our products um, and that, you know, supports us as founders and, as, and, 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 you know, and just as humans that are creating in the world. Um, you know, so, but it definitely has been challenging raising capital. When you think about um, black women are starting, are, are like actually leading and heading up um, as far as all all founders that are starting businesses, black women are leading the charge in that, you know, but at the same time, black women also have like access to less than 0.0006% of the venture capital that's out in the world. Like that's like, that's way less. That's a decimal <laughs> point. Um, it's way less than 1%. Right. And right. so it's, uh, you know, it, it has definitely been a challenge, you know, but what those challenges have done is they forced us to be lean and to be scrappy in our business. Right. I love the word scrappy. To be a business. I love the word scrappy. And so, and so, you know, so while it used to really bother me, you know, because when you look at, when you look at my, at, at my, at my competitors. Right. I've got three major competitors in the market, you know, they've raised like nearly a hundred million dollars between the three. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. We've, we've raised four and, you know, and, and, and it's, sometimes it's about who, you know, sometimes it's about who you have access to, mm-hmm. but I don't want to say that to make it seem like, you know, to make it seem like we're a victim of, of the venture capital world. I don't want to come from that place. You know, but but I, but one, but what I won't do is not talk to the fact that it has not been as easy for us to to get to the valuations that we should likely be at. Um, you know, to 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 raise the millions of dollars of even seed capital, we've raised millions, but you know, I think if circumstances were different, I think that you we probably more. could have raised more. Well, my friend, but I'm um, really, you know, I wanted to just let you know this. First of yeah. all, you're changing lives, okay? You're saving lives, okay? You're, you're a role model. You're a trailblazer. Thank you. you um, Thank you. Uh, I love your your tough personality, you know, and I love that. Don't change. Uh, we all grow. And I put together yeah. a money-making conversation to share to share your experience, but not only promote your brand, but to share your journey. Because yeah. it's so many people who have come on this show, and I've been so blessed to just see this brand just just grow up. It's like exploded. And, and, and just individuals now see that 
this is a show that you can come and tell your story, promote your product, and you have a support guy, Rashawn McDonald, who has an amazing brand himself. And this is all free. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, no, mm-hmm. nobody's going to pop up and no charge to listen to this interview. It doesn't work that way. This interview works right. the way of being able to say that do not stop what you're doing. Um, when these campaigns start, please send me social media banners. I got over a million social media social media followers. I got a fan club of 97,000 and 74% are female. And so mm-hmm. I want to support you. Don't change and keep winning. Okay, because you Thank are winning. You. Every time I see you on that TV commercial, you are winning. Okay, <laughs> and looking good, girl. Looking you good. Okay, that. and you strolling you. down there. I said, "That's my girl right there." And so <laughs> I'm happy for you. The Honey Pot Company. I'm talking to the co-founder. She co-founded it with her brother and the CEO of the Honey Pot Company, Miss Beatrice Dixon. Thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. Uh, if you want to hear more interviews for Money Making Conversations, go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. My guest. It's tax season, y'all. Or tax season. Or tax season, yes. Yeehaw. I've seen commercials like that by tax season. All kind of people want to let you know it's tax season. For some people, it's tax season year-round. Like me, I'm always talking about my taxes. So it's time to talk to one of my favorite tax experts. My next guest, tax preparation company, specializes in individual or small business tax preparations and tax filings. They pride themselves as taking time with each client to go over with them their tax situation so they can understand it as well as help them plan for upcoming years. Please welcome back, back, back to Money Making Conversation, one of my favorite people in the D.C. area, Laura Foos. Good morning. How y'all doing? Pretty good. That's the energy. She would not stop. You know, <laughs> she would not stop. And how you doing, Laura? I'm good. I'm good. We're here. I'm excited to be with you all again. I was telling Samantha I hadn't talked to you all in quite a while. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you. I'm sure you were talking to somebody though, because you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like. I'm always- Talking. You know, I'm always talking. So I'm sure I'm talking it's, to it's awesome, though. That's one of your gifts. And I want to ask you, all the times I've talked to you, Laura, I don't think I've ever asked you, what is your gift or your passion? What is your gift or your passion? Um, I think gift and passion, so they probably go um, go together. Um, I think that part of my gift is, you know, being able to, especially because I deal a lot with taxes and finances, and those are subjects that sometimes, you know, a lot of people don't talk about or they don't understand. So I think part of my gift is being able to break the process down so that everybody can understand it and that I can break it down to whatever crowd that I'm speaking to and make it relatable to them. Um, and that's part of my passion in that, you know, breaking money and finances and taxes right. and budgeting and savings and breaking those down so that all of us can understand it and that people are more educated. And then when we know better, we do better, right? That's so absolutely I think that correct. is part of the passion of, you know, helping break the, you know, financial and money things down so that people understand it better. We know it's really... I've, I've my relationship goes all the way back to the Hoodie Awards, Neighborhood Awards with your business. With I know, we with the three ladies, the Hoodie you know. Awards. Somebody needs, y'all need to get these Hoodie Awards back. <laughs> hey, we need to get the Hoodie hey, Awards back. Well, let's talk about Salon Couture. Because <laughs> I'm just talking about you personally as an individual who I've seen grown. And, and I, you know, I, I, I follow your social media and I just see that you're, you're more, more of a social media influencer now. What is making that shift in you? It seems like you, you're, you're, you're gaining energy about who you are as a brand and who you are as an individual. 
Is it because your daughter's in college now? You got more time to you for yourself now? See the kids not there? Yes, What's going on? Uh, I don't think I have more time now. I think it is, and probably working with you and, and, and some of my other coaches that I work with and really beginning to take this seriously that, you know, that I can be my own person and my own brand because, like you said, because I do have that gift and that passion to share with people, and I think that everybody has something that they need to share. And mine, of course, is in taxes and finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was just deciding to be more transparent with people, especially on social media. And I think that once you learn to be transparent with your audience and add value, like my social media is to add value to people to share information that I've learned from being a single mother, from being married and divorced twice, from going through bankruptcy, but then having several successful businesses. Um, So I think my audience appreciates the transparency, and and they certainly understand that they love me for me because I probably do cuss way too much to be (laughs) a cute young lady, so sometimes they might catch me cussing. I like to laugh. I like to have fun. Um, But I think when you are, you know, using social media to add value to people um, and be the real you and the authentic you, then I think that people appreciate that, and you find your tribe, and you find your, you know, your crew. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so I think it's just being more transparent. Well, no, this is really important because I, when I bring people on the show, uh, you know, we, we're all going to talk about who you are from a business perspective, why you're calling in on the show. But I just try to let my listeners hear uh, another layer of what is inspiring you, what is driving you, I because of, because of the it. fact that we are all tied to trying to be successful. And and I always tell people, okay, your lane of success is going to be different from somebody else's lane, but you might drop a nugget that go, wow, I, I can really relate to what she's talking about. I can really relate and understand, you know, her passion, what her gifts are very similar to mine. But guess what? I'm a different person. I might be younger. I might be older. I might be married. I might be single. All these situations, but you can still be inspired by the story. And that's why I love uh, communicating with you, Laura, because you will tell me the story. Now, how is your daughter? Because I love talking about my girl. I'll tell you the long version of the story, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. See the kid, how's college treating her uh, and everything, you know? Sid is doing great. Thank you for always asking about her. Sid the kid is in her, well, she's coming up finishing her second year at Temple University. This year has just been an awesome year for her. I don't even see her hardly anymore. Thank God for FaceTime that we FaceTime a hundred times a day um, because she never makes it home. But she's really transitioning. Interestingly, she's... um, started doing an internship with their football team as she mm-hmm. grew to love football because of her father and her uncles. And mm-hmm. now she is really leaning towards sports management. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of their only paid students that works with Temple football and works with recruiting um, the athletes coming to visit the school. Mm-hmm. And she's really loving that. And so, I mean, I don't know where that came from, but, you know, I'm going to support her in whatever. Well, well we know where the talking so, came from. Okay, now, the ability to communicate yes, came from you. So when she launches, her sports management <laughs> company, then yes, we're going to have to get her on money-making conversation. Absolutely. Well, you know, <laughs> see, the thing about this, by relationship, you're going to have to the, the tax stuff down pat. You know, so when he, when she starts signing these athletes, they're going to bring them around the corner and say, Here's, they don't even introduce you as mom. You know, this is, uh, <laughs> right. she will handle your taxes. You know, you will have no problem over here. And then you're going to just start talking. They're going to go, whoa. <laughs> it's all over. But that's how you, exactly. you know, like my daughter, you know, she's, she's in college, but she's one more year. She'll be graduating in game design. 
and I'm watching her grow and I'm watching her grow. And that's what I talk about the balanced life, you know, being able to, we can be successful in all these different areas, but how balanced is your life, you know? And, you know, we always want our kids to go out there and, and we, you know, we watch enough ugly things on TV that you're always afraid. You need to hear from them to make sure that you can sleep at, at night. But you got to let them go and you got to let them grow and you got to yeah. let them make their own decisions. So now the extension, why would somebody file an extension? You know, I have clients fined for all different reasons, some just because they maybe they have had an emergency or they've had things going on with their family, so they just couldn't get the documents together. Maybe they were waiting for a document because they lost it and had to get a replacement. Um, there's all, all kinds of reasons. So you can find, you would be approved to file an automatic extension um, without any penalties or fees, especially if you are due a refund. You can do it automatically. Let's just say you didn't have time. Um, and you can file that automatically. I'm going to tell you something. I have a degree in math. I will never do my taxes. I, when it comes to my taxes, I get paranoid. I get nervous. I get afraid. It really it really is like, I mean, even when I wasn't making just a little simple form, the little single form where I had just one job and, you know, they showed you how much taxes they took out, I still wasn't filling those forms. I was like scared to death. Why? Why is Rashawn McDonald afraid of of, of, of filling out his own taxes or, or, or need you to calm me down? Right. Well, and I think it's just just like we were talking about in the intro of the passion because nobody talks about it. You know, we didn't learn about taxes. In, in school, a lot of times our parents just filed their taxes or I see the meme. You know, we didn't even know our parents filed taxes. We didn't even know what that was. No one discussed it. We didn't learn about it in college. And so until you started working, did you hear people say, oh, you have to file your taxes? And when Ooh. you don't know something or you don't understand something, then you get a professional to do it for you. Now, hopefully you work with someone like myself that will explain it to you. But I still have a lot of clients who probably, like yourself, are like, I don't even want to know just what's the bottom number you do it you're the professional you go. tell me there what the bottom numbers are there you go that's me you know I, I, but I'm going to tell you I'm a good person because I, you know I see my little booklets I have my little tabs everything's typed up I am a blessing to uh my tax to your tax oh my god! Oh, they 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 love me. They love me. But you know, don't come back over me. You know, just tell me what I need to sign. Make sure all right. the number what I'm signing makes me happy. I gotta be happy. <laughs> gotta be happy. But that's part of the process because you know you have to go. You know, it's, I, I think when it when it because it's so personable how this whole mm -hmm. filing taxes. And then I see these companies talking about you know you you file taxes. We give you money now. I see that right. being advertised. Or oh, do you do that as well, or, or is that just a different company that is just doing that? No, where they can get an advance yes. right away. Yes. Like it, they call it like an advance. And what that is, that is, and, and those are certainly legal, and most tax professionals offer them. Like we had them at the beginning of the tax season. And what the advance is, it's an advance of money, of your own money. You are going to pay a fee for it. Just like I said, if you use <laughs> someone's money, they're going to charge you interest to use their money. Mm -hmm. But they developed the, um, the advances come in handy because, you know, in uh, 2018, they developed the PATH Act just because we have seen so much or now they got 
you know, with smart systems, they caught on that people were filing tax returns with fraudulent children, yes. uh, maybe children that were not their children. And now if you put children on your return where you're earning that earned income credit or additional child tax credit money where you're getting refundable money back, they were holding those tax returns until February 15th. So even though a lot of people submitted their returns in January, they would not even begin looking at those returns until February 15th so that they have more time to analyze them, check the children on the returns. So that's why they do the advance because those clients did not begin to get refunds until the end of, well, really they just started coming out as a matter of fact, the end of February. So if I did your return in January and I know you're going to get $6,000 back, I could give you an advance of that money. And then when they finally released your refund the end of February, we would get that back. Yeah, but you have control of that, right? Through the end of February. You have control of that money, though, right? You have control of the money. The check comes to you, right? Yes, of course. So it goes to, <laughs> there's a few banks that work with tax repair companies. So, yes, they're going to make sure they get their money back first. Right. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to get our prep fees second. Right. And then the client would get what's left. Yes. Right. I love it. Tell me this. Um, what are the three top reasons why you see clients uh, and why they owe taxes? What are the three top reasons that clients owe taxes? Because I try to avoid that, but I still owe every year. Well, I think that one of the biggest ones is because a lot of times um, clients, and I understand it because a lot of my clients do it to me every year, even though I ask them not to, they think that their tax preparer is a magician, but we are not. We are tax preparers. So the biggest mistake that people make, and I get it, they need their money during the year on their paycheck during the year. However, then we get to tax time and they owe all of this money. And then they look at me and just like you said, I want to be happy when you have me sign. But there's sometimes that if you are making, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year and you have five hundred dollars withheld in taxes during the year, there's nothing that I can do to help you with that unless you have all kinds of deductions. But you know, you said sixty thousand dollars a year and they've only withheld five hundred dollars in taxes. Yes. Oh, oh, my gosh. So I do always have, um, of course, on my social media, I'm Laura Foose. There are links in my bio with helpful links that you would use um, directly from the IRS site where they have a withholdings calculator. They tell you exactly um, what you should be withholding. Um, so I encourage all of our guests, even if you haven't done it recently, to do it this year just to make sure that with the new tax laws, with the new tax tables, that you are withholding the correct amount of money. Well, you know, um, another reason why okay. I think that a lot of my clients maybe end up owing is maybe they had a change in their situation and maybe their tax repair, which is why I do pride myself on not only am I doing your taxes for this year, we're going to also have a conversation about the current year that we're in and are you going to be better prepared. So let's say maybe you're, you've had your children and you were, um, they, you were getting a $2,000 deduction. Right. For your children, Mm -hmm. right? Because under their age of 16 and under, you get a $2,000 credit for them. But then once they turn 16, whoa, now that deduction goes down to $500. And if you were not prepared for that and your tax preparer didn't go over, hey, make sure next year you plan for this because you're going to lose that $1,500 deduction, then maybe then your tax, you know, your criteria changes. 
Or maybe your child now is, just like we were talking, our children get older, now they're working, they're um, supporting themselves. I was always able to claim the head of household deduction, which is now 18350 And now I lose my child, and now I have to file single. And that deduction is only like a $12,000 deduction. Um, so unfortunately, people don't um, consult when these life things happen. Maybe they don't consult their tax person, or, you know, they should certainly check their withholdings again. This is a um, lot of information, Laura. What do you and take? Am do I you talking take, too fast? Because no. I know you all say that I talk way too fast. Oh, no, so no, is everybody no. getting it? No, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. I can see why I have. I'm afraid to do my taxes. Okay, first of all, <laughs> you know, you know all these. Do you take classes? What, what's what, you? You go to like conferences in Las Vegas or something? What? Did, how you stay? Up well, for, I wish I wish I was in Vegas. I have not been back to Vegas since the Neighborhood Awards, oh and I refuse God. to go until the Neighborhood Awards comes back. Oh, oh my God. So no, we don't have conferences. Unfortunately, I haven't attended them in Vegas, but we do have to have because we are. Um, if you are going to a prepare, like I'm a licensed preparer, so yes, I have to have continuing education hours every year. If you look up my name. Name on the IRS website, you will see. So I do use the hashtag, check the credentials. So no, we don't want to be going to those tax preparers that are using TurboTax in their basement and your return says self-prepared. <laughs> so, okay, that is a big mistake. That's a lot of times why people end up owing also. You think that you're going to, you know, a tax preparer because they're only charging you $100 to do your taxes, right. but they're doing them in your basement. And then when you get that letter three or four years later from the IRS asking you to explain what all this stuff is on your tax return and you never asked the tax preparer to put it on there, then yes, you will owe kindly all of those years that they audit when you can't provide documentation or verification. I'm so that's sir. another I'm good. Sir. See, so that's our third one right there. And that wasn't even on my list, but that was another good one while people owe. I mean, here's the thing <laughs> about me. We are, I remember when I first started doing my taxes, I didn't want to pay the tax person. I, I used to argue with, them. hey, man, this is kind of high. This is, <laughs> what are you talking about? Can, can you cut me? You know, you know, here I am, the, mo- the, the, the key part of my life from an accounting standpoint with the government. And I'm de- arguing with this person about cutting a deal on my taxes. And I, I think you get that. You, I'm pretty sure you get a lot of idiots like me to come in, don't want think you're overpriced, <laughs> they don't, don't try to figure out. You know, all this paperwork, they 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 just throw you to hand you a trash bag full of information. You gotta put it all together. Then you put it all together, then they come back and go, This much? I gotta pay you this much? Uh, right, right. Why 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 are we idiots like that? Because I because I did it. I did it. Now, now I don't do that now. I, I realize that. You know, I got a CPA, you know, been doing it for twenty three years. I'm talking right. about my early years. I'm telling I was pretty stupid. But I, was, I had to go apologize to uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, she's in Houston. And when she used to do my taxes, and when they start creeping up into the thousands, I was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 what's going on here? She said, first of all, yeah. you're making money. Okay. You're making money. Okay, so, so, and when you make money, guess what? Certain things you got to have in place. You know, you got 401ks, you got all these deductions, you travel, you know, if we got to pull all this down. And also, like you said, you don't want to be, you don't want to get that phone call four or five years later or one year later talking about you filed at the wrong time. Because I've had these phone calls, okay? 
Right. And, then, and you t- you talk about the filing part is nervous. When you get that letter. <laughs> oh, but you get one of those letters because, like we always say, the IRS normally does not call you directly, but you will get that letter in the mail. <laughs> Um, and they will keep sending you letters until you respond, or they are, or they are certainly able to garnish wages. So we certainly do will not want to ignore Ooh. letters that come from the IRS. We don't want to play with them, communicate with them, set up payment plans with them. They'll certainly work with you. But yes, do not play around with the IRS. Ooh, this is like a testimonial <laughs> show for me, boy. <laughs> I, you know, this is the first time I publicly admitted all my ignorance about taxes. You know, I, but that happens. But you are. Not alone. You are certainly I, I, not I, I alone. Got, I, I'm in a club by myself because I'm going to tell you something. Because I, I, can, I can't speak to, for everybody else, Laura. You're an expert. You talk to a guy over here that has matured over the years, got the right people around me to protect me, sitting right. over there. Hey, I've had the, the person in the basement do my taxes. I remember my friend. There's this guy. He, was a, he, was a, he sold insurance, but he did taxes on the side. All his rates yeah. were good. His rates were good. Yeah, I bet they were good. And I bet you got a real nice, a really, really, really good refund, too. Yeah, absolutely. Why you think yeah, I was doing business you with him? You get that letter a few years later saying, can you please verify, send us documentation to verify this, oh this, and this. And you're like, I didn't even know I put that on there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is this is like this is like this you is have so the flashbacks. Tr- I'm having flashbacks because, uh, you know, at one point you have to grow up and realize that, you know, that's why I do the show because you can't be perfect when you do this show. You have to show flaws and be honest with of people course. and also let them know that the reason I have you on the show is because of the fact that your level of expertise is needed for anybody, not just people in business, but individuals. Because oh, of the course. government the government does not play when it comes to these yeah. taxes and if you don't file your taxes, they will put you in jail. Yes, and and I've talked a lot about this year. They will also, those tax preparers that were doing all of that funny stuff, they will now, when they find that tax preparers are consistently submitting fraudulent returns, they are now putting tax preparers in jail. So I, I do let clients know, now, wait a minute, I'm not going to jail. Orange is my favorite color. I, do not, I don't think I wear it well, though. So now I'm not going to jail for anyone to get a refund or them to get extra money. Though I do make sure we walk through the process to make right. sure you get any deductions mm-hmm. that you are due or that maybe you were not aware of. So mm-hmm. let me not say that. Like, I will make sure that you get everything that you deserve. Right. And and just because I'm in Maryland, you have to let your guests know, just because I reside in Maryland, D.C. area, you know, most of my clients, probably 98% of my clients are remote clients. I never meet them in person. We have a perfect system um, and an intake form. It's an online system. Okay. And then we communicate via, you know, now we have conference calls, we have Zoom meetings, DocuSign your documents, um, so I can work with any of your clients across the country. Okay, because that means uh, you can give, give me a social media banner this week so I can post it yes. on there and say. Yes. Now, now let's talk about your, 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 your show, Ask Foods. Are you still doing that? Um, I do um, still do Ask Foods, <laughs> which we normally do like a Tax Tip Tuesday segment. Of course, now just because in the midst of um, tax season, it gets a little difficult for right. me. 
Um, just because most of you know, I, you know, I still have the corporate career. I still have the salon. I still have Sid the Kid, and then I'm doing taxes. So, but I normally on my page, I'm every day posting informational content. Let's put it that way. Right. So they can always follow my page for informational content. And I am launching because I've had so many people, especially probably from being on your show, that were asking not just about finance, you know, about taxes, but when are we going to start talking more about budgeting? and saving and small businesses, multiple streams of income, setting up the businesses, how to set up my system correctly. So I did finally in the off season, uh, December and January, I created a five, um, a five week masterclass program. And hopefully we will be launching that next month so that I can work, you know, because my tax clients say, Laura, I hate that I only talk to you once or twice a year. Right. You know, I need to work with you more ongoing. And because I'm only one person, um, that gets difficult to do. So I've created this class so that I can work with individuals over, you know, a five-week program, which inevitably will go to, you know, working with them and holding their hand probably over a six-month period. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to launch that as tax season ends, then I'll be starting that up. So let me ask you this, Laura. So is that a one-off class? Are you talking about they, they come into that class, they kind of register, and they, you, you create the tax relationship with them? Is that what you're talking about? Well, the class will all be an online class, so okay. I have taken the time to create a five-week master class. So there will be a master class about budgeting, savings, um, multiple streams of income mm -hmm. and all of those things. So it will be an online class. And then every week I will be doing a call with, you know, the clients so that we are going through this. And then as we work through that six month process out, they'll be having homework. They'll have to submit their budget. They'll have to show me how they're doing with their savings. We'll go over their small business, you know, how they have their accounts set up and tracking their expenses. So I'm excited because now I'll really get to work with people um, instead of just during tax season. So I'm really excited about launching the program. So I'm hoping that as soon, like I said, it's recorded and done. I just have to get through um, tax season and then we'll be launching that. What, what, so that means you'll be back on the show probably the second quarter. That's when you're going to do it? Yes. Well, you know, I will reach out to you all as soon as I am launching it so that you can see it. And like I said, so then I can work with um, people all year round. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Now, let's, let's, uh, this is a simple question, but I think it's necessary. When do you start, if you're, if you're filing taxes in 2020 for 2019 okay. tax season, when should a person yeah. start? prepping for taxes, first as an individual, then as a business? Um, as an individual, hopefully in the year. So if we, so I want to talk about we're in 2020 now mm -hmm. and we'll file at the beginning of 2021 because in preparing for it, of mm -hmm. course, okay. individuals need to be checking their withholdings. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, so normally you will start getting documents with your December 31st statements. Or by January 30th, they have to send out your W-2s, your 1099s, your 1098s. So individuals, of course, you should be, you know, you should have a folder or, you know, some type of envelope where as all of these documents come in, you are saving, you, you're saving them. Or if you make donations throughout the year, saving those receipts. Or you can also, most individuals now can itemize, you know, their house donations, and medical expenses. Unfortunately for individuals, that's all, 
you know, that's about it that you can itemize now with the law changes. They took a lot of that away. Now, businesses, you have taxes, like you said, for yourself. Taxes is all year long. So that, you know, businesses don't start getting their stuff together. Businesses, because you want to be able to write off everything that is related to your business. So hopefully you are tracking those expenses during the year and keeping those receipts, which I know is an overwhelming task because most people in your business, you're good at what your business is and you're not necessarily good at the financial side of it. Um, and that's why there's a link in my bio for the QuickBook app that I recommend. And it keeps track of your income. It keeps track of your expenses. It even keeps track of the mileage right on your phone. That's a huge deduction for business owners. So anything that you are doing to and from and meetings and classes and clients, you get 58 cents a mile. So that's a huge deduction, but we need to be keeping track of that. Awesome. So business owners, small business owners, side hustle owners, um, any of those things, you know, this is all year long. You have to keep track of it to make sure you're getting all of those deductions. That's sure. so important. It's awesome. Laura, how, how can we get in touch yes. with you? The the best way, just like you said, to find me, everybody can find me on Insta, Instagram. It's um, <laughs> at I'm, I am Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Foos, F like Frank, O-O-S like Sam, um, or my email is Foos at AskFoos.com. Very easy. My friend, as always, you're wonderful in your energy, wonderful in your approach to how you do it. This is your gift. This is your passion. They are one and the same, but some people try to differentiate them. That's why I just put them both out there. Again, thank you for coming on my show. And uh, also send me a social media banner. Always Send me a social media banner so we can get that posted and get some help for some of these people like me. Who, yes, who, I got you. Okay, thank <laughs> you so much. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. My next guest, they're on the phone, uh, straight out of uh, Gary and Diana by way of Iowa. <laughs> they are childhood friends and enthusiastic consumers of coffee and tea. I'm telling you, my love, my wife would love y'all. She just loves her some tea, man. They are the co-founders of Black and Gold, the first black-owned nationally distributed coffee brand. It's challenging coffee kings like Starbucks and Pete's with a socially conscious business model aimed at supporting at-risk communities. They are selling coffee with a cause. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. Co-founders, PJ Caesar and my man, Rod Johnson. How you doing, team? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You guys are from Gary, Indiana. And uh, one of the big uh, big celebrities out of Gary, Indiana is the family. It's the Jackson 5 family. And, of course, Michael Jackson. Uh, tell us a little background of you guys because you're lifelong friends. I know your business is based out of out of Iowa. But tell us how it started and uh, the relationship that you guys built to take it to Iowa and Gary, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Rod. Um, as you mentioned, we are born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Uh, we actually grew up uh, a rock's throw from each other uh, on the same block, uh, graduated from high school um, uh, right next uh, alongside to each other and part of ways um, to pursue our own collegiate careers, uh, myself going down to Indiana University. And right. And, and, and Hoosier, Purnell, right? Uh, to university. <laughs> yeah, Hoosier through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cornell uh, uh, took a different route uh, to University of Northern Iowa, um, and which is you know kind of how we made that transition to uh, being headquartered and operated out of Iowa. Uh, from there, pursued careers um, uh, in nonprofit management uh, as well as retail merchandising, uh, respectively, and decided we wanted to leverage those skills that we had garnered over the last decade or so 
uh, into an entrepreneurial endeavor. Uh, it, it made sense to do something that we were familiar with, not necessarily from a, a, a scientific standpoint, but just as consumers, um, as you made reference to, uh, and, and from there, Black and Bold was born. So, you know, just a real or, organic uh, relationship uh, that, that turned into a, a business partnership. Well, the interesting thing about it, when, they, when, you, when people tell you when you invest in stock, in the stock market, they tell you to invest in something that you live. Like, for instance, if you, you, know, you go into Home Depot all the time, you should invest in that. If you're going to consider a stock, consider a stock Home Depot. If you, if you go to a tech shop, things like that. You eat at McDonald's, consider McDonald's should be the stock that you consider as your favorite because that's what you're investing your time and your food in anyway, so that consider a stock. So you guys are saying, hey, we're big coffee drinkers, big tea drinkers. Why not make that part of the business plan, the business model? But it doesn't start as simple as that, correct? Correct. Um, well, you know, that, that certainly played a major role into why we decided to pursue this. You know, just as consumers of those products, um, we, we had that familiarity. And, and given the, uh, the mass consumption of it, um, there's some resonance with a much larger audience than, than just uh, than us two. So, um, yeah, so to your point about you know, pursuing uh, an opportunity where you have some familiarity, right. uh, that at least planted the seed for us to start Black and Bold. Right, you know, and now let's start with the name. Well, how did the name come about, Black and Bold? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's a it's a double entendre. Um, you know, it uh, on the surface it, it represents the products that we offer. Um, mm. You know, black coffee, black yes, tea, bold yes, flavoring. Yes. Um, but also, it's a, a mantra, if you will, in the way that we govern our lives as um, black entrepreneurs, as as black men in society. Um, taking a very assertive and uh, assumptive role in, in, in every endeavor that we bark on, uh, embark upon. So, um, you know, there is embedded in that sort of a, uh, a call to action, if you will, as well as a description of uh, our full assortment of products. Really, uh, this could, I, I'm not a coffee drinker. That's not a negative. I'm just not a coffee drinker. My wife is a tremendous... <laughs> we we tre- won't hold that against you. Huh? No, thank you, thank you. Because, you know, I don't want to put anything negative about that. You know, my <laughs> wife is a tremendous tea tea person. Oh, my goodness. She starts her day with tea. She walks around with tea. She takes the tea to the restaurant. She is a tea drinker, okay? And so so you got, you got, you got, you got both extremes here, a non-coffee drinker and a super tea drinker. Now, when I, when I, when I, when I talk about coffee, because I've seen stories on coffees, you know, they have different coffees from different parts of the world, and some people have climbed mountains in South America to get the right type of coffee, the, the texture, the flavor, it all makes a big difference, and how did you guys, you know, did you guys have a favorite coffee? Because, you know, I know about, we all know about Starbucks and Pete's and all that, now we have Black and Bold. Oh, that, what were you guys drinking, or what were you guys experiencing? Did y'all experiment with different types of brands prior to launching your brand, a taste? Yep. This is PJ. I'll definitely jump in on this. Me being the um, equivalent of your wife's tea journey is how <laughs> I am when it comes to coffee. So uh-huh. I definitely pull right into the coffee side of this venture uh-huh. uh, from a consumer first standpoint. I don't, I, he hasn't really you know, bragged about his tea enthusiasm, but okay. So you, so you the coffee guy, PJ. You the coffee guy. You the coffee guy. Yes, sir. Okay, and Rod, yes, you the sir. tea guy. Yes, yeah, you can put it that way. <laughs> okay, that's a perfect relationship because, you know, you focus on your strength. So now, PJ, you're talking about the coffee because, you know, 
I, you know, I have friends. You know, I manage Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey's a coffee fanatic. You know, he had to get his coffee on. You know, and there's a lot. And like I said, nothing was wrong with that. It was just the fact that he wanted his coffee and he had to have it a certain way. And he was happy once he got it in his hands. You know, and there's a lot of famous and everyday people mm-hmm. who consume coffee the same way. How do you consume coffee? What drives you to have a good cup of coffee? Man, that has evolved so much from my introduction into coffee, and so. I, I really started drinking coffee when I started my professional career, and I was, you know, this this young buck, first time career, or what you call it, first generation corporate career person, and uh, was introduced to coffee. The caffeine hit, and that was just a matter of, <laughs> like, all right, this is how I'm going to fuel my own, you know, predetermined success right, on right. a day to day basis. And right. so, at the time, I mean, it was. You, you can hand me a sugar-down latte, and that was good enough as long as it had some caffeine in it. Right, right. But along this journey career-wise and uh, the discovery of, you know, what makes a good cup of coffee was really just the volume of coffee consumed and also with the different coffee shops experienced. And, um, you know, Rod and I both spend quite a bit of our time traveling within our, 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 our careers and spending so much time at coffee shops, you learn that there's, like, fresh roasted coffee just by default tastes different. But unless you're going to a coffee shop that right. you're getting that fresh cup of coffee, you don't really realize that where, you know, the, the you know, my grandmother drank Folgers every every morning. That's night and day. That was my dad. That, that was my dad. That was my I, dad. I always tell people, night, yeah, yep, exactly. I would tell people, I, I try to correlate this to, to things that people do consume a lot of, right? So you think about wine, right? And so... I always tell people, if you're not drinking bottom shelf wine, you shouldn't be drinking bottom shelf coffee because it's a delicacy of the, the, the product that you're drinking that actually has flavor within it. And the fresher it is, the more you taste that original flavor. It's all coffee-based, don't get me wrong. But the actual like delicacy, the, the, the distinctness that comes with you know, the means to the end result, mm. uh, it, it, it definitely, there's definitely levels to it. And so the, the more we, we have access to and the more consumed, the more we appreciate it what good coffee is. Um, and for me, it's, it's black coffee, light, medium, or dark roast because I just appreciate fresh roasted black coffee. But um, there's a whole different spectrum for people from thinking about coffee just from how do I get my caffeine to how do I enjoy this, you know, kind of mature my experience in this product and get my caffeine at the same time. Yeah, here's the interesting thing about it. When you started talking, I could almost... Uh, images came about uh, in my in my mind about you know you're you're so passionate and I can I can almost smell the the conversation the, the aroma you know because that's like a good piece of steak to me you know they say you bring you know you know you go to certain quality steakhouses they bring the meat out to you and let you see it they say which one do you want and that's what you're saying here a coffee is not all coffee is the same the aroma the taste high how it comes up to your nose when you're about to drink it. All that plays into the whole process of a good cup of coffee. Now, you're saying when you start out, you just drink, it's a lot of people just drinking coffee. Like I said, my dad was a Folgers guy. You know, I could just see that coffee pot on my mom. It was a, it was a timer that went off. He put the he put that little uh, that little it was like a little uh, strainer. It was a little white strainer. He put the coffee granules mm-hmm. in there, and then they poured the water through, and then all of a sudden that was his coffee. He was happy. 
And so, but today is like a whole science to it. And just to hear you talk about it, PJ, was like, it was like, a, it was like, see, I'm big on desserts. It was like me eating a nice piece of German chocolate cake the way you was talking. Man, you was, you was, you was passionate about that cup of coffee, man. I was like, man, he's serious, ain't he? <laughs> okay, you, you just put a whole other taste in my mouth talking about German chocolate cake. Come on. Man, you talk, come on now. Do some coffee pairing. Uh, uh, that, 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 you put that to the top of the list right there. Well, you know, because, you know, I think that when I, when I, when I, when I heard y'all's story, you know, and the, and the whole aspect of, you know, you, you left a full-time job to do this. You know, you guys weren't like, you know, uh, you know, not, you're novices. You know, you you wanted to do it. You were passionate about teas and coffees. This is a part of your lifestyle. But you jumped out there. Now I want to switch over to my tea man right now because I heard the I heard the the, the the coffee story from PJ. Now, Rod, tell me your tea story, your tea journey. Yeah, so very similar. Uh, yeah, very similar to P. Just had a, a real appreciation for it. Not necessarily from a productivity standpoint. Um, but actually the exact opposite, to relax at the end of the day. Um, and that was a habit that I picked up growing up watching my mom and, and my, my grandparents drink uh, a variety of teas for a variety of reasons. And right. I think that's why I really uh, gravitated more so to tea as opposed to coffee because of the, the different benefits. Right. right? Green tea has, uh, you know, health uh, implications, not implications, but benefits as opposed to the, the health benefits that comes with a black tea or an herbal tea. And so just, just having a cup of tea to end my day after ripping and running and, and, and trying to uh, you know, be successful along the way, um, it, it just made sense to incorporate that as a part of my, my end-of-the-day ritual. So um, you, and you made a point earlier how complementary uh, our tastes are or, or preferences are. Uh, it, it just really made sense for us to, to make that into a business. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and I'm proud of you guys for, for, for trusting your natural instincts because that's a plus. But, you know, here's a guy, you know, I'm from, I'm from Houston, Texas, big barbecue country. OK, so you go into a barbecue joint, mm-hmm. you know, free tea, sugar, on, they, they come up to your table, sweet and unsweetened, big old, they give you as much tea as you yeah. want. <laughs> big old jug of tea just sitting over there. What you want, sir? Sweet and unsweetened. <laughs> so that's my introduction to tea. <laughs> big old. Big old jug of tea just brought to your table. Kind of look a little <laughs> light brownish. You know what I'm saying? And they just, mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. throw a lemon in there and throw some sugar in there. And they, they rocking and rolling. Now, my wife, she look at that. She's disgusted. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> see, 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 Rob, I'm pretty sure you, she's just like you. What's that over there? I would never drink that. That's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she walks well, around. Know, I can I can appreciate a good cup of sweet tea from the south. Like there's, there's, I'm not as uh, I don't draw that hard of a line. And I, I can get it. Why you know why you want one of those big uh, those cups of cups of tea from the south? Oh my goodness! Okay, I'm enjoying myself. I got a coffee drinker here, and I got a tea man here. My wife used the tea to wake up. I tell you something. It's funny when I tease her a lot about her tea because you know if she go if she doesn't get the tea she's not a nice person that day she she she's fussy she's really fussy Rod. she's fussy and and i and i always tell her, i said look you got it, got i it. said would you go get your tea and get out of get it just get on out of my face right now get, get that tea so you can become normal again become normal again <laughs> you know she's straight out of belize rod you know uh, i met her you know 
I didn't know she was hooked on tea. <laughs> I, I thought that was just some mild little drink she was drinking. Now, 30 years later, my wife is addicted to tea. <laughs> she she cannot live without it. And I'm happy for her. But I've learned that in her in her in, in, in drinking something that you enjoy. And that's what this is all about. Enjoy relaxing. Because I heard PJ say that. It relaxed me. It gave me a, a sense of comfort. So what is the strong selling point of your product, Black and Bold? Sure. Um, you know, please feel free free to jump in, but um I, I would say from the, the tea standpoint, um, you know, offering the, the organic loose leaf tea uh, yes, really does provide for a different experience as opposed to the, the prepackaged tea sachets that uh, most people are accustomed to. It really does lend itself to uh, having a much more robust experience when you're taking that sip of, of tea. You, you, it's a much more flavorful um, right. experience. And so being very intentional about having that those loose leaf options and a variety of assortments mm-hmm. uh, was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same kind of goes with coffee. It's, it's a much more scientific aspect to it, uh, considering that it's specialty coffee. Uh, and, and I'll kick it over to Pete to kind of fill in the blanks on that. Yeah, because he's a different cat. Now, see, you you a little more easy going with the tea. I have a nice little sweet tea every once in a while. See, I didn't think... See, PJ wouldn't respond like that. He has to have his coffee a certain way. P, you, 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 you're a little bit more passionate about that. Because when, when Rod said that, I went, see, I'm going to tell you about, I got to keep bringing up my wife because she's a tea drinker. She goes to a restaurant, bring me hot water. She brings her tea with her. She brings her tea with her. Okay. That's her. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's her. So mm-hmm. so I gotta get you guys break because I gotta I gotta introduce her brand because if you, yeah because I'd love for her to start making you guys rich because she buy tea <laughs> she buy her some tea brother I know that's right <laughs> so so I gotta get I gotta we, go we, online we appreciate that endorsement I, I got to I got to and so I'm just I'm, now I'm gonna slide over to PJ the the coffee the passion man because his tone and conversation with his coffee was a little bit different than Rod. Rod was a little, you know, he was much more professional. But the passion, I mean, see, something about coffee drinkers anyway. Coffee drinkers are a little bit crazy about their coffee. You know, they got to have it a certain way. And we'll be offended. We'll be offended if you put a bad cup of coffee in front of them and call it a good cup of coffee. Am I hitting you, PJ? Am I hitting you right? He just laughed. You know what? He just laughed. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly lenient with my consumption, what I drink. I'm fairly lenient. Like I said, I've been across the spectrum, but I do enjoy educating people on that there's more to coffee than where they know. Right? Yes, sir. So at least they know that there is better out there, or yes, at least sir. a potential for better out there. Yes, sir. So don't don't get me wrong. I, I still focus on the end to a means, which is caffeine, but it's definitely hit different when we roast our own yes, sir. and we can educate people on, on the why of doing that. Right. So from a, from a, you know, what makes our product different again, starting from, from the beginning is we, we are a roastery. We roast on like green coffee, so pre-roasted coffee all the way to a finished good. And that's mm-hmm. where coffee is going to have its best taste profile. So when you think about mm-hmm. people correlate, warm coffee to bad coffee right. or room temp coffee, lukewarm coffee to bad coffee because it tastes, it tastes bitter. Right? right. And that's because it's flat, stale, older coffee. It's mm-hmm. not fresh 
if it's fresh, you actually taste more of its flavor notes mm -hmm. that come from these coffee beans. Mm -hmm. A lot of people also don't know that a coffee bean is the pit of a cherry. Mm -hmm. right? So you think about the cherries we eat, we throw those pits away. Nobody trying to choke on a pit. Right? But <laughs> right, right, in these coffee-growing regions right, where you know these farmers are planting these plants, they're also planting other crops, right. whether it's blackberries, whether it's blueberries, so on and so forth, and those coffee beans are absorbing those notes. And so when you have this cup of coffee, it's not a, um, an additive that you should be tasting on your black cup of coffee. It should, also, it should be these subtle notes that actually make it feel distinct. And so that, in a, in a mainstream coffee standpoint, you don't really get to taste that on an everyday basis unless you know that that exists to then expect it more out of things. So... Um, that's one of the things that definitely come through with our coffee options. Again, we provide light roast, medium roast, and dark roast. So mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. get your fix from the options we have. But given that it's fresh, you actually taste more of the quality within it. And that, that by default, is a big point of difference uh, for the everyday coffee customer. Yes. There's way more nuances that <laughs> could get into. Yes, We're not going to distract too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because your conversation yeah, way so longer than Rob. Level, we definitely yeah. Your conversation way longer than Rob. You know, you just roasted the different types. You know, you got a cherry. You know, you most people throw away the cherry. You know, you be plants <laughs> other plants around here. You come over, you get the medium, light, and dark roasted. So you, I just can tell. Rob, does he get on your nerve talking about coffee? Does he? Does he? Because you do hear that conversation over there, man. Your little, your little quick conversation about. about I'm, no, just, I'm not trying to pitch you guys against each other, but I'm just. Tell you something, Rod. You gotta get your your, your your tea conversation up. You gotta upgrade your tea conversation, brother. Yeah. Cause you just heard PJ. PJ was over there, man. I was I was talking to a scientist. I was talking to a scientist over there, a farmer. I was talking to a oh, world man. traveler. Oh, this guy ain't from Des Moines or Gary, Indiana. He from Brazil. That's what I was talking about. He's climbing the mountains, you know, with a backpack, you know, with some dogs and some mules. Talking about we got to go get the finest. He's, he's sticking his hand in the ground and pulling the seeds up. Go, this is the soil I want my coffee to come from. You know what's funny about that is that's how he is about everything, right? So we, we like I said, we grew up together, and you kind of get used to it after a while. After twenty something years, you just go, that's easy. That's, that's, that's how we rocked about things. I love uh, it. I love it. But you know, the, the, the beauty of y'all relationship, I'm enjoying myself because I respect, you know, anybody who steps out and trusts their instincts and have a plan because that's what money making conversations is about. Individuals who trust, put the right people around them, and then put a product out there, and deep people react to the product. Not only when they react to the product, you have the product available when they react. Because a lot of people got stuff out there. They put it out there, clear off the shelves. Okay, where's the, where's the second, third, fourth round? Oh, uh, we got we to gotta raise some more money. We, gotta, uh, we didn't know we were going to sell that fast. So when I think about what you guys are doing, I commend Black and Bold. Now, how do we get your product? I hear, uh, it's in Target, right? It's in What stores is it available in? So we can start talking about that. Yeah, so uh, as you open the show with, we are uh, nationally accessible uh, via our retail partnership with Target. Uh, and it's available in select stores. Um, you can check either Target.com or our, our website to see if there's one uh, specific to you. Uh, and if not, it's available online in a couple of places. Again, those two, those two websites as well as Amazon.com as well. 
Now, one of these, there's always an angle, and I said something in my intro, coffee with a cause. Why is the whole social impact, because you can just go out there and make some money and and go and sleep well at night, and but you're making a, a 5% of your of, of, of revenue goes to the, the causes. Why is that important to the black and bold brand or to you, Rod, or to you, PJ? Sure. So, uh, yeah, 5% of our profits are contributed to initiatives and nonprofits that uh, support at-risk youth. Uh, and we were very deliberate at selecting that demographic because it's a vulnerable community. Um, growing up in Gary, Indiana, we may have been considered um, at-risk youth. And so we ultimately identify with um, those who are in need of resources to ultimately live their best lives. Uh, and what better way to do that than to incorporate it into our business model um, so that it gives the everyday consumer the, the opportunity to participate in that process as well. Um, you know, many companies have social impact uh, as a part of, of what they do, you know, prioritizing purpose and profit, but it's not particular to those communities that, uh, like I said, we most closely identify with. Right. So, as we were deciding what does this entrepreneur, what does entrepreneurship look like for us, um, we wanted to make sure that we brought them uh, along for the journey as well. Yeah, because I'm reading here says. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I add a little bit on. I add a little bit on to that. Rock, Rock kind of nailed that one. Uh, hit that one out the park. But the uh, being heavy coffee, being heavy tea consumers, as we talked about entrepreneurship and you know what does success look like and who do we give back to and when do we give back. Right. Going down our corporate career ladders is like okay. Well, we'll be able to you know close to retirement and X Y Z money. Then we can start making an impact. And it's like okay, that's 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 not the case. We we can actually focus on how do we make this impact sooner, especially to the communities that we relate to, right. especially in industries that we're spending all this money in. And it came back to my tea consumption and my coffee consumption. We were having these conversations over a cup of coffee and tea in different coffee shops. And it's like, yo, well, as much money as we put into this, right. where's the representation? Where's the engagement? Where's the impact? And we didn't see it. And so it really just manifested itself in the coffee and tea, one, from our consumerism, but two, just the lack of impact. As large as, I mean, coffee is the second highest consumed, consumed beverage in America behind water. Yes, it is. And where's the domestic impact for people in our community? Right? And so just by default of that, it, it, it naturally aligns to us as entrepreneurs, which helps fuel our energy, helps fuel our passion to continue down this journey and, and, and to try to slay these big dragons. Well, they're big, and they're big because you care. And that's what, uh, you know, I look at my life and, and the journey, and it, it, well, it is a continual journey. I, and it's about who, who do I help, you know, because I'm – I didn't get here by myself. And you know, you two guys didn't get out of Gary, Indiana by yourselves. It was the people who saw and pushed you and, mm-hmm. and saw bigger values and opportunities for you. And, and you had a unique talent that they saw. And, they, and it might have been just one teacher. It might have been just one friend. It might have been a minister. It might have been somebody in the neighborhood that went, you're better. You're bigger. Don't settle. And you guys don't settle. And that's why throughout my, my interview with you guys, I tease you and we were joking around, but there's 100% respect here because you're not settlers. And then on top of that, you still remember, you know, like you used an example, people might have thought that we were downtrodden, that we were 
or, or in, out of Gary or out of the community where, you know, values for success are limited and people are only going to settle because they want to be on Section 8 because everybody describes a community that they don't live in based on what they hear or what they see on CNN or what they see on Fox mm-hmm. or what they read in one article, you know, mm-hmm. like everybody in Flint, Michigan is drinking bad water, you know, because that's what they read. That's what they think. But the thing that I'm just trying to tell you two guys is that I brought you on my show was to say thank you. And uh, Black and Bold is just an avenue for change. Yes, you are doing the coffee thing, PJ. Yes, you're doing the tea thing, Rod, but you're doing a bigger thing. You're changing lives and you're moving forward and you're aggressively trying to tell people that they can be, that they are special despite their differences, despite their color, despite the naysayers, despite people telling them they can't, they can't make it because of the environment that they're growing up in or they're living in. Is that, is that, the, is that the ultimate goal? I know coffee and tea is the business, but uh, you guys can answer separately. Uh, Rock, what is the ultimate goal when I make a statement like that to the both of you? I, I mean, you, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that that's exactly our reason for being. That that's the, the ethos of what we do is to resource communities that are talented but may not have visibility to pathways of uh, to success. Um, and so again, like I, like I said, bringing them along for the journey is, is something that's intentional because we we resonate with them. We see them. We want them to know that that they're heard um, because we were once in that position. So just just reaching back um, and, and not forgetting about where you come from, about those people who um, uh, have similar journeys and similar struggles and, and overcoming obstacles as you um, is something that, regardless of the endeavor. I think we. I speak for us both. Is it, it's going to be a part of of what we do? It's, it's impossible to for it not to be. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to take it over to PJ, the, the talker. You know, he gonna he gonna go a little deeper. He might even open up the Bible on this one. You know, because he he over there. He I shouldn't let him go. I shouldn't let. Him, I'm gonna tell you something, Rod. Next time we interview, I'm gonna let you go last because you know it gives him time to think. He gets to he gets to hear what you left out, you know, and expound on some stuff. He gets to piggyback on your thought and make it his thought and all that stuff. So we're going to let PJ, the talker, straight out of the morning hour, you know, by way of Gary Indiana. I'm going to call him the headliner for this show. Headliner, PJ. Oh, Black man. and bold. Consumer. You're me, man. Coffee, me. man. The talker. Yeah, so, you know what? Yeah, it's... it's it's this one is this one is mm. as Rod said you hit the nail on the head Rod did as well for me when I talk to youth I uh, always tell them I didn't realize how low expectations I had of myself until I realized how low expectations society had for me and once I realized that you know the door is wide open on continuing to discover in order to decide, you know, what to do with that new discovery. And can you be successful? Did that put you on a path to impact more people? And representation for me has been huge in seeing other people that I can relate to, other black people in particular, black men in particular, um, in paths of success for me to study and learn from them as well. And it doesn't have to be direct connection, but just to be, to be a sponge on that. And so uh, we, we have two purposes for us to continue to discover what success means for us in order to, to win on the paths and the, the path continues to become wider right. for what we're, what we're venturing down, but also for 
true representation for our youth, for our fellow black entrepreneur peers, um, for pe- black people in coffee, for uh, you know, the whole gambit, just in the sense of what representation, especially new representation in spaces we don't really occupy often, can really mean to our culture, to our commerce, uh, our youth, all of the above. And so, um, you know, we have a huge responsibility um, that we're, we're fortunately passionate about, but very, very confident that we can continue to forge this path to, to help uh, enlighten more of our people on, on pursuing things that they are just naturally curious in, even though they may not see, you know, that the, the door is already wide open. Wow. They, they can be those people to open that door. That's my man, PJ Rod, uh, the co-founders of uh, Black and Bold. Uh, you can find the product online. That's Black, B-L-K, and Bold. It's in 350 or more Target stores as well as online at Target stores. If you want to hear more money-making conversation interviews, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. My guest, he's in studio, which is exciting because this young man has uh, been part of my life for about, about 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next guest developed his marketing passion at the Coca-Cola Company, Procter & Gamble, several stints at NASA. He earned a BA in physics from Morehouse College, HPCU. Yes, sir. A BS and MS in electrical engineering from Georgia Tech and an MBA from Harvard Business School in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Now he is the chief marketing officer of the most widely distributed CBD cream in the market, Myoderm CBD cream. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Tori Durden. Uh, thank you for having me, Give me sir. handshake, my man. Always. It's so good to see you, man. I appreciate it. It's a little so boy from, uh, from uh, South Georgia, huh? Hey, I grew up um, <laughs> I grew up in a town of about 8,000 people. Mm-hmm. So I basically have as many people in my hometown that can fit into a basketball game <laughs> on a Saturday, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, so it's good to see you. I'm, I'm so happy for your success. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, that's what this show is all about. I always like to ask my guests, uh, what is what is your passion or your gift? Oh, that's a great question. It's, it's sometimes hard to answer right. um, because you hope that you have a lot of gifts. But for me, I love brands. Mm-hmm. I love m- helping consumers make great choices for products, for right. things they care about. Right. And so the idea of building a brand is super exciting to me. Right. And I get excited when I get to talk about it. And uh, with that brand building, that means uh, an individual or company yes. has to put a trust trust in you. Yes. How does, this, how does that process start, you know, because you've done a lot of it. Just yeah. give a little more background yeah. about you. Yeah, so I grew up in a town called Adel, Georgia. I like mm-hmm. to reference that because sometimes people think I'm from Atlanta, and I'm not. <laughs> right? It's about three hours south of Atlanta, 8,000 people, exit 39 on I-75, right, uh, right below the Nats, <laughs> and what, where you get to a lot of mosquitoes. Right, right, right. right. Uh, had a great privilege of meeting a, a gentleman when I was about 15, 16 years old who mm-hmm. helped me understand that my identity as a six-foot-two-inch black male wasn't defined solely by where I was from. Right, right. So I had mm-hmm. the great joy of going to Morehouse College. I love mm-hmm. every second of every moment of every time I get to mm-hmm. speak about Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be Dwayne Wayne from uh, a different world. Right. right? <laughs> um, and so I uh, went to NASA, mm-hmm. uh, learned a lot about science and technology and how we actually apply it. Had the great privilege of working for Coke directly out of college. Mm-hmm. Went back to graduate school. And then I joined a consulting company called McKinsey and Company. Mm-hmm. And this was very highbrow, very C-suite level consulting. And they would let me go in and consult with CMOs and CEOs wow. about their big issues, right? Mm-hmm. And um, 
I didn't even know what it meant mm-hmm. to be a consultant until I got there. But mm-hmm. one of the things I did learn from each of the senior executives was you had to own your brand. You had to own your story. Absolutely. At every company I was involved in, where we were consulting with them or growing, they were laser focused on what their brand meant to the marketplace, mm-hmm. to the employees, right. and to consumers. Right. And so I went back to business school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like to say I get to straddle both sides of the line. Why right. you say that? Why you say that? Well, because when you go to a, a highbrow business school like Harvard, right, when there are literally less than thirty five hundred African Americans alums in the Harvard Business School network, mm-hmm. it's an amazingly small number. It's kind of rarefied air. Mm-hmm. But I'm a country boy, mm-hmm. so I was kind of just happy to be there. Right. <laughs> but then they gave me a chance to be there, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna try to knock this out the park." Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had a great experience, but it was two sides of the coin. It was mm-hmm. people who always aspired to be there and really wanted the brand recognition of being a Harvard person mm-hmm. and a person like me who took, I thought it was the logical next step in my career. Mm-hmm. So I thought I went to Morehouse, went to Georgia Tech and did strategy consulting. Going to Harvard was a logical next step. For other people, it was the holy grail. Right. And I had to learn how to balance both of those because, Rashawn, the hard part was it became a part of my brand whether or not I knew it or not. Right, right. When I right. left, people, saw, people would describe me as that Harvard guy. Absolutely. Uh, people describe me as this guy. And then I was like, whoa, who are you talking about? I was looking over my shoulder trying to figure out who they were talking about. It pops on your resume. Yes. The word Harvard just pops. And it just, because you are, as an African-American, that's yeah. that's rarefied air right there. Yeah. You know, because of the fact that we know that's highbrow high education. Yes, sir. You know, and also it's almost elite education mm-hmm. based on the amount of income that these mm-hmm. types of colleges cost. And it almost, you know, it's almost like hollowed ground yes. of education. And you put it on your resume and then you have Georgia Tech on your resume. Then yes, you right. have Morehouse. You know, yeah, you have. But I start with Morehouse, though. I try to tell everyone I start. Uh, with I, I'm going down to HBCU <laughs> with the importance of HBCUs because I've gotten involved with. Yes, I, I come from. I graduated from University of Houston, right down the street from Texas Southern, yes. right down the street from Prairie View A&M. And I and when I look at the the value of our HBCU schools yeah. now of being recognized from being a graduate of HBCU. Why was it significant? You, you mentioned it earlier. Yes, sir. But let's go in detail that journey of HBCU. Well, it was about acceptance. Acceptance of who I am, what I look like, what I could be. And, you know, I had the privilege of growing up, even though it was a small town, with great role models around me. Mm-hmm. But when I got to Morehouse, they actually not only told me to be good, but they wanted me to be exceptional. Mm-hmm. And they pushed me for that. Mm-hmm. And they encouraged me to do things and try things. They also told me to go to the highest level. Right. Right. Each time. So when I arrived at Harvard Business School, I didn't feel like I didn't belong there. Or when I was in graduate school at Georgia Tech, I didn't feel like I didn't belong there because Morehouse had instilled in me so much empowerment, so much strength, so much sense of self. Uh, And it also let me know that I didn't have to be an expert to go down the path of being great. But I had to keep on the path. Mm -hmm. And that's why I just kept taking logical steps forward, Mm -hmm. whether it was McKinsey whether it was uh, Harvard Business School, mm-hmm. whether it was Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. whether it was Coke, I kept feeling like I kept feeling like I had the right to be there, mm-hmm. and that's an empowering thing for a young man or a young person. Right. So any person who's ever looking for not just a great education, mm-hmm. right, in the academic sense, but a, a sense of self, right, a sense of empowerment, right. And a sense of fun. So I will tell you this funny story about business school. Like at a certain point, I had to remind the people, we're still in school. Let's have a good time at this, okay? Right. Right. So we were doing great work and we had great careers in front of us, but there was just a socializing aspect <laughs> that Morehouse and being at HBCU helped me when I was in the frigid cold of Boston and um, making friends and things right. like that and right. feeling like 
hey, let's let's go to the cocktail party. Right. <laughs> it was all those things about humanness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know in your career, you you value relationships. Absolutely. I tell people this. You know, the other day I was talking to my roommate from college. Mm-hmm. My my roommate from Morehouse, my freshman year roommate, mm-hmm. about his son going to college. Okay. Cool. And what I had to do to help his son make the decision to go to Morehouse. Mm-hmm. Then I talked to my other roommate. I had two roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my freshman year about his niece coming to school in Atlanta and what I had to do to be of help to her. Mm-hmm. That's that, that was 25, 26 years ago we met. <laughs> right. We're still in each other's lives. Right. And that makes a difference. Last point I'll make to this is I go on my new journey about being an entrepreneur. Right. I've had to pull on those relationships. Right. I've had to call on friendships. I've mm-hmm. had to call on people I've known. I had, as my... Um, as my dean at Morehouse told me, I had a funny spelling of my name and a unique profile, so mm-hmm. I better I better make sure that the impressions people have of me are solid and real mm-hmm. and that I can call on them later on. And I've had to do that as an entrepreneur now. Okay, because spell your name, because yes. when you say your name <laughs> and when you spell the name, is different. It's, it sounds like T-R-Y. Yes, it's pronounced <laughs> as if it was T-O-R-Y or T-O-R-I, mm-hmm. but my name is spelled T-O-R-A-R-I-E. Can I tell you a story about it, though? Yes, sir. Please okay, do. So, uh, Durden. I, Durden. <laughs> but I have the great privilege of being named by my great-great-grandmother mm-hmm. and my great-aunt. Okay. And they were alive to see me walk across the stage. They weren't there at Morehouse when right. I graduated, but they were home. They saw me the week after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And that is how they decided to spell my name. Mm-hmm. And nobody in our family would question them. <laughs> nobody asked them, was that correct? All through my life, I said, are you, sh- are you sure it's Tori? They said, that's your name. You better stick to it. And so I've had to carry that with me. But very few people get to say they were named by their great-great-grandmother. There were a lot of extra letters in there, man. There's a lot of extra well, letters in there. To well, add. you know, the beauty of our relationship, because yeah. we met when I was still managing Steve Harvey. Yes, sir. That's how we met. And uh, in your journey, and uh, we we met at, uh, I think we did the CIAA. Yes, yes. And you was, uh, was branding an event yes, there. Uh, the live broadcast was one of the biggest basketball, African-American basketball tournament in the country that's in Charlotte yeah just about a week ago man people people didn't know that a couple of hundred thousand people would show up in Charlotte for that, yes. that tournament right uh, amazing it's yes. been going on for years you yes. know we talk about March Madness but yes. it's pretty mad there in Charlotte yes, that we're to the CIAA tournament and it's really great yeah. and so now let's, let's fast forward to yes, you sir. now and we've been going back and forth watching you develop this yeah. brand Myoderm. You know, I met the owner. Yes, sir. We met at a restaurant. We sat down. We talked, and yeah. just hearing him talk, and what what drives you in this relationship? Because I'm seeing the package evolve, the packaging yes, evolve. What's so important about your relationship with this company besides well, being the chief marketing officer sure, of Myoderm? Sure. So I've been the chief marketing officer of Myoderm about six months. Yes, and that and I. Took that role. And you originally was starting out as well. What, what, I, I was I was one advisor, yes. consultant, and I had known uh, Eric Smart, the CEO, for about ten years. Yes. Not as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. but we we didn't work on anything. We just stayed in contact. Mm-hmm. Value relationships, right? Mm-hmm. I was working a, a C-suite job at mm-hmm. a big company, mm-hmm. two billion dollar revenue company. I was mm-hmm. an SVP, and Eric reached out to me and said, "Listen, this brand." is about to evolve. This space is about to evolve. This industry is about to evolve. And I need people who have real marketing chops to help me figure out what our story is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was exciting to me. The second thing was exciting to me is I took the product around the people I knew and trust and they blew it up. They would look at me and like, this doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. I don't know about this. 
I'm not messing with this, right? My wife. Your wife was one of them. <laughs> um, and I appreciated that because it gave me real insights on what problems we had to solve. Right. 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 And we had to listen. But no, you were out there real early. Real early. This is real two years early. ago. Real early. This is two years and, ago. Uh, and that just show you how fast it's come because now, you know, people are... You know, go to the, the mall. Store, right. Yeah. You see the stores. Uh, Anthony Durrell was on my show. Yep. The boxer. Yeah. Who was in Detroit He's, talking about opening up a store and things like that. So it's like even in Houston, there's a store that has opened yes. right right next to my cleaners. Yes. In Houston. Yeah, and Rashad, that, that was one of the challenges that we face. We are a topical cream. Right. Okay. Right. You apply if you're in pain or hurting. Right. Directly. That is different than many of the other CBD brands that are in the marketplace. We also only sell to national retailers. Now, talking about being an entrepreneur and a small business owner, and you're saying you're only going to talk to the big boys, it's tough, but it's an intentional decision, right. okay? Because mm-hmm. we wanted to build trust right. and validity in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing is our product does not have any THC. Let me repeat that. It cannot. It will not get <laughs> we, you high, okay? Which was my wife's fear. Yes. Was my wife, that was my wife's fear. Dude. It will not. You can You can bathe in this. You can, you can drink. You don't drink it. Don't eat it. You can put on 10 <laughs> gallons of it. It will not fail a drug test. The product will not fail a drug right, test. Right, right, right. But that is important because my mom wanted to try the product. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? My grandmother. Mm-hmm. You heard me mention my great-grandmother. Absolutely. She's not alive, but my grandmother wanted to try the product. Right. Uh why would uh, they want to try the product? Why? Well, well, because they worked hard in their life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they have aches and pains. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, my friends who are training for marathons use the product because they want to get back to the gym fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my, I, I met a, a, a nice woman who was a video model and she was in her heels all the time. She mm-hmm. wears the product because she wears five inch heels and her feet hurt. So she applies the cream directly to her feet at the end of the day, gives her relief. Uh, my my mother uses the product when she has Sam. He leaned forward. Yeah, on that she one. has she has long days, <laughs> on, and she's using her repetitive uses. So you, you're starting to capture some right, of her potential right, customers with that right. with these statements about healing and all. Yeah. So the, the whole premise of this product is fast acting relief. Okay. You two pumps, put it in your hand, rub it where you need it, applies in seconds, works in minutes, lasts for hours. We want people to feel better. Oh, you're a CMO for sure. That, that right there, boy. That, that wasn't a commercial. Like, we're going to be right back with more Money Made Conversation with my man, Tory Durden. He is the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, Meyer Durham. My man, I'm so proud of you, brother. But this is just the start. The start. The journey, six months you've been in the gig. Hey, when I, hey, come on. Hey. We'll be back with more to talk to him, man. Off air, we're talking. We're going to talk some more on air. Money Making Conversations. Hi, this is Sean McDonald. You're listening to Money Making Conversation, the show about the show for you. The show about uh, allowing you to hear information that will be helpful in your growth as a individual. If you work in a forty hour week job as a small business owner or an entrepreneur, there is a difference. Um, on the show today is my man Tory Durden, a small town yeah. in Georgia, three hour drive, seventy five South. Yeah. Went from Morehouse, Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. Harvard. Along the way, your resume grew. Mm-hmm. Academically, you are an expert academically. Mm-hmm. You have to prove yourself in the uh, corporate space. Yes, sir. And then you grow out of that. Now you are a leader in the one of the fastest growing industry, but you're the industry leader. Yes, sir. How did you become an industry leader? Yeah, that's a great point. As, uh, and this is a lesson for any entrepreneur, small business owner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I hear you say, you know, kind of focus on your gifts. Mm-hmm. Well, my background was in consumer retail. Right. Mm-hmm. I worked for brands that were sold in big national retailers. Mm-hmm. So when the CEO of Myoderm and I connected on this, he's we made a very intentional choice. We want to be a brand that is chosen by national retailers. Right. And what that meant is we 
didn't want to make health claims. We didn't want to have THC. We wanted very consistent packaging. Mm-hmm. And we would go with price points that allowed people to look like it should be in a grocery store. Right. Or in a big store. So last year at this time, Rashawn, we ran 500 retail doors in the country. At the end of last month, we went 8,600. So we were at 500 retail stores this time last year. Now we're in 8,600. You know, I'm looking at you at the side of my eye. Like, really? Yeah. yeah, and that was around around making some choices <laughs> to go to large national retailers, you know, making our business skills. Yeah. List some of the retailers. So we're available in many in Dick's Sporting Goods. Was there uh, yesterday? Uh, Golf Galaxy. Uh, is for the, the avid golfers in the world. Uh, 7-Eleven carries our advanced therapy cream, the one mm-hmm. in your hand right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, loves travel stops. If you've never been in a Loves travel stop, it's not a truck stop. It's a travel stop. And right. You can go in there. Sean, they, people are in there for hours. They take showers. <laughs> they kind of relax. They eat. Things like that, right? Uh, we're at the medicine shop. Mm-hmm. And we're at GNC. Okay. So we were one of the first brands in GNC, mall-based and many other franchises. There were three brands they took in. At the end of the first year, we were 70% of their sales. Now, they're adding other brands now because we've proven that the market does have a desire for these types of products. And I'll be honest, like, to be a national partner, we had to make some choices that weren't really fun. Right. And weren't like other people. Like, we don't have our own stores. And we don't sell in mall kiosks. We put our packaging, we put our ingredients on the back of our packaging. Right. There's a QR code on Ooh, our packaging. My wife's going to love that. There's a QR code on each of our packages that tell you about our third-party lab testing. Mm-hmm. We put our address on the back of products. Mm-hmm. And, Rashawn, one of the things we did when we looked at research with other brands, we come out to be between 30 and 50 times more concentrated with our CBD that we put in a product. So people are actually buying a CBD product versus a really expensive Icy Hot. Yes, and I don't knock Icy Hot or any brand, but I'm just saying it's just a difference when you're buying a menthol-based product that's going to smell and numb you versus something that's going to help you with really. Well, you know, the thing about it is that just watching this journey with you and the, you're such an authority and you're so mm-hmm. confident in your tone because success is starting mm-hmm. to – you're seeing it happen. Yeah. You know, we're not there just pitching. You're kind of pitching and yeah. hoping. Yeah. You know, I see a, a person now who's – Still hoping, but yep. hoping with confidence yep. and has a track record. Hey, yep. These doors are opening, and guess what? We went from 500 to this. Yep. So, because, you know, a year ago we talked on the phone. You said, Rashawn, I'm looking for athletes or former athletes yep. of high profile. Are you still doing that? Because they can tell, they can talk about how they can become like a spokesperson, a brand ambassador. Are you still doing that? Uh, well, I am, but I'm also doing it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I will give you credit for this. One of those conversations, and if you ever get the chance to have a conversation <laughs> with Rashawn, you know, just get your mind right and get ready, okay? Because he talked to me about platforms, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, listen, like some of the athletes individually may have ups and downs, but you want things to have scale, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So as a national brand, we now get the opportunity to do things like radio. Yes, Mm-hmm. And big platforms mm-hmm. where other brands may not because they have THC in and you mm-hmm. wonder if it's available in your state. Ours, our product is developed in all 50 U.S. states mm-hmm. and in re- national retailers you know and trust. That makes mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. The second thing is a little bit of success does breed confidence. Right. So I'm looking at programs with I'm, – I'm working to be one of the first partners with a professional sports organization – Knock on wood, hopefully, because they have scale. But at the same time, Rashawn, you're exactly right. I am looking for people who want to help me build a brand. Absolutely. Those are celebrities. Mm -hmm. Those are trainers. Mm -hmm. Those are people who have a clear identification of their brand and their voice. Mm -hmm. Right? Athletes, things of that sort. Because they're actually in pain. Yes. 
You know, they're actually in discomfort. <clears throat> they actually have right. dynamics. I do have to make this point. We make our products to help people, you know, be better, right? Feel better, right? And look better. But we also do it for our four-legged friends also. Ooh, so, my wife so, will be happy right so, there, boy. So we that do. little dog costs me so much money. Now, what what, what, what can you do with this? It's so pet it's a, cream. It's, it's a P-E-T cream. Yeah, it's a CBD. To- it's a topical cream. You apply it directly to areas where your four-legged friends are having age, issues, pains, issues. Issues. Right. Okay, that, that got that over there. I'm going to pull that over to the right because uh, – <laughs> You know, I can care less about that dog. I'm gonna just tell you that dog jumps on my lap. I just look at him. You know, well, people who care about their health care about their families. I'm just letting you know about me and this dog. <laughs> <laughs> me and this dog. Well, 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 my goal is to make life good for you, yeah. right? And if you're helping your, your four legged friends as well. Okay. But, but our focus is on is on relief. Well, you know what? What excites me when I hear you talk is that this packaging is outstanding. Thank you. This is. I'm telling you, I'm holding this, and it reminds me of Five Hour Energy. Yes. So, so seriously, I, I I expect to go into a Publix or expect to go into a Kroger's, and right there I see this package, and I feel it's supposed to it's supposed to be there. So, so and that's an intentional choice as well. Like as a branding person and a marketing person, right. we say who's done well in the marketplace already. Yes, yes. who can we borrow from? Yes, um, I don't want to say steal, but yeah, who can we replicate? I, I worked at Procter and Gamble for a while. You know, the whole idea was you know find and replicate, find something that works and replicate it. Mm-hmm. So we made intentional choices about our packaging to make you feel like it's, a, it's supposed to be in the store. We've actually made some intentional choices to make sure it fits into your hand, right? So you can carry it and put it in your pocket, right? Our, all of our products have a pump, and so if you t- twist the top off, it's a pump action. So you can take the top off, take two pumps, put it in your hand, rub it on, and put the top back on, put it in your pocket, and not be concerned about waste and things falling apart. So it's a lot of those things you said that uh, that, that I did hear you. Right. When you told me, like, make a brand that can scale. And those are the elements of the brand that we've tried to to implement, you know, very consumer focused, very easy to use, right? Very easy to carry, and it looks like it belongs in the store. This is this is awesome. You know, the thing I love about it, first we have this says sports cream. Yes, sir. okay, cool. Then you have this. I, I'm assuming it doesn't say sports, so that's like for, me, for your whole body. For your whole body. Yep. And then you have the little packs. You have the pumps. Okay, so you have all these options. Yes. Why? Well, that's a great point. People have different amounts of money in their pocket. Right. But all people want relief. <laughs> Right. So we're one of the few brands that have made a choice to be available at a packaging option at four ninety nine mm-hmm. up to our best selling product, which is seventy nine ninety nine. Right. So let me be clear, our best selling product is our seventy nine ninety nine double strength twenty four hundred milligram C B D product. But we created these two packs and put them together. Mm-hmm. That's right there. That's available at retail, somewhere between three ninety nine and four ninety nine. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because a person who is tired at the end of the day needs relief right then. Mm-hmm. And they may only have you know, a certain amount of money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. They also may want to try it out. And this goes back to my experience. Like you said, I grew up in a small town in Georgia. Right, right? Right. I, I'm one of the last people I hope you ever will meet who can say they work in NASA and crop tobacco. Right? <laughs> yes, and when sir. I crop yes, tobacco sir. and pick a little cotton and some watermelons, right. I, that's why today I still don't eat watermelon. My right. family gets mad at me because I won't eat watermelon because right, right, I've been right. on that, well, that sun. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, you're tired. And I only had mm-hmm. so, much, so much money. You go into the store and we would buy those little BC powders. Absolutely. Or those Absolutely. little Advil two-packs. Mm-hmm. So that's why we created two-pack options because we know that individuals need relief right immediately they may have a set amount of money and they want and to be plus you can carry this in your bag when your travel bag and stuff yeah. like that so that this is why i love this because yes. i do that a lot i, I travel with my, my little yes, day quill yes, i have my little day quill 
Got to have something for my eyes, a little yep. for my eyes, droplets and stuff like this. Now I got a two pack, put it in there, boom. So if I, because I travel a lot, yes, you know that. And so if my feet are kind of like feeling sore, you know, like, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, damaging sore, but just yeah. need, you know. Been on your feet all day. Yes, yes. Yeah, you, you're you walking. Yes. You are. I'm I'm not a small person. Right. Me, me in an airport airplane seat, I don't fit well. <laughs> right, right, right. So right. I have to kind of bend and contort. So you start feeling pains. And yes, pain. yes. Take yes. out one of these packs, mm-hmm. open it up, put it in your hand, rub it on directly. Mm-hmm. Keep That's going. it. That's it. That's it. And we made it that simple because many CBD products, uh, there's a little bit, there's a stigma associated with CBD. Absolutely. Because, right? you know, weed, you know, it's like a drug. It's I'm going to be high when I take it. Yeah. These are the things that ran through. These are questions my wife threw at me. The, the, these and, are, these and I'm going in there, boy, it's my boy. He got this. <laughs> I mean, and I, I, and I can't respond to any of these things, but I can't respond when you tell me you're in GNC stores. Yes, sir. See, those, those are important names yeah. that you can throw back at them going, oh, oh, the fact that you have the, the she immediately asked me about the ingredients yeah. back then. I couldn't answer that, you right. know, and then the location right yeah. here, the, the address of the company. Yeah. I couldn't answer that. So you're answering questions to the, the skeptic yeah. because of the fact that I'm a Ben Gay guy. I'm a, you know, icy hot yeah. guy. I'm, I'm a traditional, especially yeah. Ben Gay. You know, I'm old school. Yes, sir. Go, yeah. I'm still buying Ben Gay. Put a hot <laughs> tile on it. Be screaming when it get too hot. That's me. Yeah. And so with your brand, you're telling me you're bringing everybody to the modern age. Yeah. This is the way... To, to take care of that process, break tradition, try something new. We're open. We're letting you know exactly what our brand is. Yeah. Deal with it. Try it. All right. So what we had, what we found is this. No, don't have to put no hot tile on it. So I again, I played college sports, <laughs> and so pain relief was torture, right? right, right you know, right, put, right. put your put your your foot in a in a bucket of ice, right? You right. know, have this guy rub you down, and so I'm like, man, I mean, I felt worse after, like, right, right. So what we're saying is, this is simple application, right? But I'll tell you, there's lots of people who struggle with discomfort every day, right? If you take a notice of people walking around, right. Like they just kind of walk funny. Yes. They have limps. Yes. They have pain. Yes. Now, when I say, are you in pain? Most people say no, because mm-hmm. they think of a broken bone or something. I'm mm-hmm. talking about everyday relief. Right. That's what we focus on. Right. Um, and it's been great because I've been able to give this product to people who I know are in pain, who I know don't want to have an opioid. Right. Who I know don't want bad reactions. You ever watch one of those TV commercials and medication? We're not a medication, but you right. hear them talk about all the side effects. Right, so they, right, right. We wanted something that will allow people to feel comfortable mm-hmm. using a product would right. have a stigma right. uh, is a great, great, great product. Right. Like people feel relief. If you take that double strength sport product, take two pumps and rub it onto some part of your body that's discomfort and you you feel better in a few minutes. So right. tell us again with the store so we can find your yeah, product. Sure. Mm-hmm. So currently we're available. And online. Uh, we're available at myaderm.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we're relaunching our website to be even more consumer focused Thank and you. give offers and subscription programs for people who want to save on our myaderm.com website mm-hmm. and social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are available in, in national retailers that people know and trust like GNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods has mm-hmm. been a great partner for mm-hmm. us since uh, Black Friday. We moved. The, we went into Dick Sporting Goods on Black Friday mm-hmm. right? You know, this past year. That's mm-hmm. a great feat. It's mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at Golf Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, I think 7-Eleven, 
I love travel stops, medicine medicine shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're also expanding. Yes, so sir. in the next quarters, you'll start seeing us in uh, knock on wood, hopefully some national uh, pharmacy chains yes, as yes. well as some national grocery chains. Yes, yes. Because we want people to walk into a store mm-hmm. and see our product and feel comfortable and safe and buy it at, at retailers they already were in. Right, and that matters a lot to me. Well, it does. I, I want to congratulate you. You know, I know this is just part of the massive opportunity. I, you know, I'm always recommending people. Yeah. I think I got a superstar. I'm gonna recommend you. Yeah. And we're gonna sit down. I'm gonna call you this afternoon because yeah. now seeing your packaging, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him this afternoon about this. Because and, and Rashawn, I want to know. I want you to know that the feedback you gave and other people gave did matter. Yes. So sometimes when people start brands, they come in with confidence. My right. stuff is right already. Right. I'm I'm already good. Oh yeah. Did oh, you yeah. like me or not? Oh yeah. What I took the stance was is it was re- it was really good how we're gonna make it better. And by listening to people, we start making the product better. And when you see some of the things we're gonna do in Q three and Q four, right. Like I want you and your, your your network to feel comfortable being involved with because it's going to be explosive. Oh no, this is outstanding. This is outstanding. I wanna thank you for coming on my show, Money Making Conversation. I'm here with the Chief Marketing Officer of Maya Durham, based in Colorado, my favorite state. Um C B D. Thank you, sir. Top topical cream that you know, therapy cream, advanced therapy, get your get your life right. The heck with all that other stuff. Icy hot, big gate. You got some my germ waiting on you now. <laughs> Old school, new school. Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.